Welcome to Divorce Stories with attorney Dennis Vetrano, the show for people that want real answers to real divorce questions from a real divorce lawyer. And now here's your host, attorney Dennis Vetrano. So welcome back to Divorce Stories, the podcast. I'm your host, divorce attorney Dennis Vetrano. And I want to say we have a, a tremendous treat for you today. I have a special guest, Michelle Dempsey Moltak. So so long title here, writer, mom, coach, speaker, and can I say genuine girl power enthusiast? Accurate description or what? I like it. I'm into it. Thank you. Okay, good. And you're the author of Moms Moving On, Real Life Advice on Conquering Divorce, Co-Parenting Through Conflict, Becoming Your Best Self, the host of the podcast Moms Moving On with Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, and hosts events, workshops for those going through the divorce process. So, wow. What a varied background, how much expertise. Um, and so, so, so let's, let's get right into it. I mean, certified life coach as a national specialist for divorce professionals, certified divorce specialist. So I must admit, I've handled thousands of divorces, but I've never worked with someone with that expertise. So I really want to hear about what you do. And, I, and I'm sure my listeners do as well. So thank you. Yeah. So I, I fell into this because of my personal experience and my big mouth on social media talking about my divorce and people really started to look to me as an expert in this stuff. And I wasn't by any means. All I knew was my situation, my parents' situation when I was a kid. So more and more people reached out to hire me. I said, well, I got to have like some credibility here. So I I became a coach. And then I found that there was a program that could specifically help me work with people who are getting divorced, how to talk to them, how to understand some of the legal issues, the uh, real estate issues, the financial issues, the mental health issues. And I thought that this was such a great program because not only did it help me learn more about my own process, but it would really help me identify certain issues that could be worked on um, in, in anybody's divorce process. So I took that program And from there, I just fell really in love with helping women navigate either the how to leave the marriage process or the early stages of divorce and co-parenting. And I primarily work with women who are dealing with a high conflict ex-spouse. There seems to be a lot of those. And I think it's a really interesting pandemic within pandemic because everybody's ex is crazy, right? And I think that teaches us a lot about ourselves. Um, And so from there, you know, the podcast was born, the book is coming out. And I love the work that I do. Um, And I think why you haven't heard of me is because people come to me either before they hire a lawyer and say, okay, what do I do? Right. So my, one of my friends said, I don't need a lawyer. I could just, you know, do this myself. Or I could, uh, I have a friend who's a paralegal. She said she'll divorce me. Right. Um, so I, I guide them in the direction of a lawyer or they come yeah. to me to help unpack all of the stuff their lawyer is telling them that they don't understand. Right, right. And, and I will tell you from, from my experience, I end up being expected when we're hired in these cases by clients to do a whole host of things then I'm not super qualified to do. So that's why I was so excited to talk to you about what you do, because I feel like there's such a need for professionals such as yourself who have that experience, who have that passion for it, who have that expertise, who really want to help. 
Right. And I, one of the things I tell all my clients is, you know, they'll call me like, I emailed my lawyer and I told them this and here's what he said. And why was that his response? And I'm like, because your lawyer is not your therapist and your lawyer's right. not, you know, in that position to help you strategize responses to your ex when your ex is being difficult to deal with. Like that's, they're just there to do one job. And right. ideally when someone begins working with me, they already understand the value of an attorney and also a therapist, because I'm not a therapist either. I right. can't, I can't unpack your childhood trauma for you. I'm still trying to unpack my own. But I can tell you why those traumas led you to be in the pattern that you're in now and help you break right. them. Right. And it's funny, because like I find now as a divorce lawyer, what I'm doing more than anything else is putting together um, getting people ready to be prepared for the process, right. right? So from your view of the world, what do you think are the most important resources or support system that someone can have when they're about to embark on the divorce process? I think that the best thing you can ever have is a close personal connection with somebody who's already been there. Not, you know, your mom's good friend from the salon heard that if you do this, it's going to work out. I, right. I, I've heard, I've seen that a million times and it's a disaster. Right you wouldn't climb mount everest without like a really trained sherpa guide you shouldn't go through divorce without somebody who hasn't at least been there in uh, the professional sense or in the personal sense and and lean on that person whether it's a coach like myself um, i always recommend an attorney even if you just want to do things with through a mediator speak I to an attorney understand what the law means in the place that you live what you're entitled to, what your rights are, because your friend across the country who got 50% of the house just because that was the law and you're right. somewhere where things are different, like it, it can get really hairy and confusing. Right, and I think people don't see that. I mean, I think that's, uh, we see that on our end is like their most trusted confidant is the person that they see at the deli in the morning to get coffee from. And, and that really shouldn't be the person they're following advice from. I mean, and from my perspective, yeah, absolutely. And, and I don't think, I don't think any one of those professionals are doing something that the other person's doing. We're all some, doing something uniquely different and just as important and just as pivotal throughout the process. Yeah. So, um, so you've learned a lot through being divorced yourself. So I'm curious, what was the biggest thing that surprised you about the divorce process that you didn't know when you started, but you found out through the process? <laughs> that Wednesday and every other weekend is not the standard plan um, for co-parents right. anymore. So right. I have I have the perspective from my my parents' divorce and being a child, the product of a heinous divorce that took almost 10 years to settle between my parents. So my whole life, I was in this high conflict situation. Oh, wow. And then I myself got divorced because obviously. Um, and so I had the perspective of really like what not to do. But I also, there were so many things that had changed from my parents' divorce. Like I remember separating from my ex-husband and being like, oh, I've got this, like I was built for this shit. And then, right. you know, I meet, now I'm in, in the state of Florida, I'm not in New York anymore. Um, and I'm learning all of these things that I didn't know were realities. Like Florida is a 50-50 state. It's really hard to have anything else, even if your kid is only two and still in diapers. Right. It's, very, very difficult to to advocate um, yourself for your child for for whatever it is that you're asking for, and you really have to work your ass off. It's not as simple as, well, you know, 
I, I don't, I don't work full time, so I can have the kid more. There's, there is a lot of surprises for me. Uh, and I, it's still very surprising being in this world and being so connected with so many divorce attorneys down here in South Florida. My husband's a family court judge and just seeing the lack of, um, the lack of support for people, but also how how many people go into this blindly and don't know anything. And every time right. I'm like, God, I'm so happy to do what I do because there's so right. much you need to know. Right. And, and, I, and I find, you know, at least on my end, you're having everybody whisper in your ear and say, oh, you can just do it yourself. You don't need any help. You don't need a counselor. You don't need a therapist. You don't need a lawyer. You can just do it yourself. And, and I think like for me, okay, so I can handle the legal component, the emotional component. I'm not qualified to handle right. that. I'm not prepared to deal with that every right. day. And nor do, nor do I want to charge you X amount of dollars an hour to try as best I can. I mean, uh, you know, divorce lawyers who are experienced are empathetic, you understand, but it doesn't mean you have the expertise to deal with it. Right. And, you know, even in the best of situations, like a really amicable divorce, divorce is still a loss and there's still something to grieve. And that's why, I mean, I'm a big proponent of therapy. I have like therapists for different things. My daughter's in therapy. I just think how great that we have people out there in the world who can help us process our feelings and redirect our energy and shift our perspectives. Like that's really important in a divorce. And to just expect to like, okay, unravel a life together with somebody and be okay and move on and not repeat unhealthy patterns or not, um, find ourselves, you know, in bed on a Saturday afternoon, hysterical crying. Like it's really great to reach out to somebody who can help you through that. I'm, I always say, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, if you're working with me, you're also working with a therapist. Yes, absolutely. And that, and that is, that is totally the best advice. You know, I, I, so, so I had this case years ago and I, and I share this story pretty regularly. I had this case many years ago and I represented the wife and she couldn't stand this husband. He was a narcissist, an abuser. She needed to get out. She was so anxious to get out. She couldn't stand this fellow. So we're in court and we're putting the settlement on the record. And when the judge says, okay, the case is final. You're now divorced. She cried. And I think it was just as much a release of the frustration. The stress Mm -hmm. was over as it was when that relationship breaks, even if you want to be out of it, even if you're mm-hmm. desperate to be out of it, it's still a loss. It's a loss. So when you say something like that, I don't know if the listeners fully appreciate how much that should resonate with them. Whether you think you can deal with it or not, I don't need a counselor. I don't need a coach. Believe me, it goes much deeper than you could even imagine at the outset. Absolutely. So. And especially for a woman, you know, I can speak to feelings of failure. You know, as women, we're supposed to like nurture and, and take yep. care of and foster and, and make everything work out. And you you feel a sense of guilt for your children. I mean, there's so many feelings that go along yep. with it. And and I've experienced them all, even though I did want out of my marriage. And I knew very clearly that it wasn't a healthy place for me. You you need to be able to deal with that. And and another thing I'll say back to your question about like what I didn't expect about the divorce process, um, or or what I learned the hard way is we're in such a rush to get divorced from these people because we want to get through the divorce process. We don't realize that like signing those papers does not change the person we're divorcing. So when you talk about a high conflict, narcissistic ex-spouse, they are still that only now they're a lot more 
fucking triggered. And so you, <laughs> right. you really do have to brace yourself. But that's where, again, therapy right. or a coach comes into play. So much of the work I do is helping my clients set boundaries and learn how to emotionally disconnect from feeling this need to please or give in to their high conflict ex-spouse all the time. Yep. That doesn't stop just because you're not married anymore. Right. So, so, and, and with clients, I say, look, I can do everything you want from the legal perspective within the bounds of the law, right? But I can't change the person on the other side. I can't make that person better. I can't I, fix them. I, I say can't. the same thing. <laughs> I say it too. I say, right. listen, you know, these clients come to me really desperate for some strategy and, and help and validation. And I'm like, I can give you all those things, but your ex is still going to be your ex at the end of the day. I can just make you more equipped to deal with them. Right. Absolutely. Um, so, so another question, uh, what did you wish you knew before entering the divorce process that you discovered throughout the process? Um, so again, the, 50-50 would be a norm. I right. I, I really right. thought, honestly, like in my mind, my, my child would only see her dad once a week because she was two. And then the rest of the time he could just like come over and visit her at my house. That right. was a big surprise to me. Um, how intimidating opposing counsel would be. Like a lot of us are not looking for a big fight, but usually the more unhappy party you know, who, the one who doesn't want to get divorced will hire right. a shark. Right. And, um, and that can be really intimidating. And you have to, right. uh, you know, I had to learn that just because opposing counsel asks for something or says something, you know, like how many times I had to hear I was a bad mother or, you know, whatever, just because it fit their narrative, just yep. because something is said in the divorce process does not make it true. It doesn't mean it's going to come to fruition. That's a really difficult thing for women too. you know, my ex said, if I leave him, I'm going to, he's going to take the kids away from me. Well, that's, that's nice for him to say he's an asshole, but that can't happen because right. there are rules to protect you and your children. So, you right. know, just, just understanding that you don't know what you don't know. And if you don't get knowledgeable about it, it's going to be really intimidating. Right. And I find in this process, what I'm doing in those sorts of circumstances, I'm propping people up, mm -hmm. you know, so, so no, feel confident about saying no. And just because they say something is supposed to be one way doesn't necessarily mean it is that way. Right. Um, and I've had, I've had cases where you go into a deposition and they're purposefully, purposefully trying to intimidate your client. Of course. And, of course. and you rely on, you rely on your lawyer in the courtroom or at the deposition or in the conferences to stand up for your client. And sometimes it's about, it's about being knowledgeable about how you handle these cases. So it's even just body position. So, so when we have a case like that, so the abuser is going to want to sit as close as, to, as they can to my client and try to intimidate them physically and otherwise with, with body language or the things that they say or the looks that they give. So I'll position myself in between my client and the abuser. And now they've got to look at me. Right. They can't look at them. Right. Yeah, not all lawyers are like you that everybody should hire you. But, um, you know, <laughs> for me, I think a, a, another thing was I was really, everybody's really emotionally triggered very easily in the divorce process. And um, understanding that you don't have to fight every battle immediately. Like I would get an email from my attorney saying, you know, opposing counsel wants this and your ex is asking for this. And I would literally pull my car over on the side of the road 
stop everything I was doing and fire back like a, a really heated response without even thinking it through and, and understanding that right. like I, I can give this a few days and like cooler heads prevail. Yep. And and I just, you know, I handling the process emotionally feels like the best way to do it, but it's actually the worst. And you have to work really hard to emotionally disconnect from a lot of these situations in the divorce process. I I think um I think absolutely. I mean, even as lawyers, what you'll do is you, you don't you get something from the other side that's purposefully trying to trigger you. Set it aside. Mm-hmm. Set it aside. You don't have to. Res- you don't have to be on their timetable. I need no. a response right now. No, don't say anything. No, I mean, I, part of me felt like the faster I respond, the more chances I have to win this battle. It didn't right. work like that. And right. then you respond emotionally. And the next day you wake up and you're like, shit, why did I say that? Like, right. I sound like a crazy person that they're trying to make me out right. to be, you know? Um, so not everything needs an emergency like response. You can give things a few days. I always say on Instagram, there are no awards given for like the fastest divorce process. In fact, the faster it goes, the less time you have to think and the more likely I think you're going to end up in court with post judgment issues because you're not going to like how you settle things because you probably just settled them in a rush and post judgment issues are a nightmare too. Right. Right. And I think, um, in these circumstances, you're always trying to tell clients there's a time to be patient and then there's a time to hurry up. Mm-hmm. When, I, when, when your lawyer needs documents or you're going through the process, you need to get organized, hurry up on those things. Mm-hmm. I need a response right now. No, they don't. No, they don't. Is the house burning down? Are the police at the door? Otherwise, you don't need to respond to their demands for text, text responses. So, so what I get the most from people who've been through the process and even people in general, in terms of what I put out on TikTok in terms of marriage, is they say either I'm never going to get married or for the people who've been through the divorce process, never again. Uh-huh. You're remarried. I am remarried. And I'm, I'm kind curious. Of- <laughs> I'm curious about that. How did you, were you one of those people at the end of the process? I'm never doing this again. I'm no. never doing this again. And if so, how did it change? So I was one of those people that never wanted to get married in the first place. I was so jaded from my parents' marriage and living my entire adolescence in this ugly legal dispute. I had a guardian. I, we were in and out of court. Like it was a nightmare. And I, I would always tell my mom, sorry, ma, like you're not getting grandkids for me. Like it's just, (laughs) I'm going to work. And I was very much like dedicated to working and making money and not, you know, having really bad toxic relationships that could have an expiration date because I wanted them to. And then I met my ex-husband and I don't know, I think timing is everything. I had just moved to Miami. I didn't know anyone. I met him. We were having a great time. It felt familiar because it sort of fit that like unhealthy toxic pattern. And all of a sudden, three months later, he's down on one knee and I'm like, oh, okay. So I knew inherently this probably wasn't what it's supposed to be. But I also didn't know enough about myself and relationships to know that it was completely wrong. I didn't trust myself yet. So I just thought it was like my daddy issues telling me this isn't right. So I went along with it. And I still the whole time, even walking down the aisle, my brother walked me down the aisle. I remember I was like hysterical laughing when like most girls would be crying. And my brother's like, what are you laughing at? I'm like, I can't fucking believe I'm doing this. Like what? (laughs) And so I get married. And I mean, We'd be my ex and I would be lying if we said we didn't realize it was going to like crash and burn one day. It crashed and burned. But in the interim, 
I, I remember thinking, wait a second, I kind of like being married, but not like this. And I want to have a real love. And I want to have one that makes me a better person. And I want to feel safe and secure in a relationship. And I want all of those things. I didn't realize how much I wanted it. I had been lying to myself. Right. So I knew coming out of the marriage that I was absolutely going to get married again, but I wanted to do it right. And I was really committed on working on myself at that point. I was a hot mess and I really just buried all of my feelings and emotions from everything I had dealt with as a kid. And, and they came to the surface in my first marriage. I really think that marriage was a mirror for me to learn what I needed to work on in order to have a healthy relationship. So I was really committed to that. And I was also of the mindset, like I was excited to be alone for the first time in my life. I had never been single in my whole life. I didn't want right. to start like dating around and hooking up because I had a two-year-old at home and what kind of example would that set? So I got really comfortable being alone and I really enjoyed it. But all the while I knew I'd be getting married again. And when I met my now husband, who was the first guy that I dated after my divorce, um, I kind of just knew like this was the guy. And ironically, okay. he's a family court judge. And all we talk about all the time everywhere is divorce. And, you know, it's just funny that this is the world I, end up in, I ended up in. Yeah, but I think when you're in this sort of process, and I've always found in my life, and I think part of the reason why I put so much content out is because not only have I, lear have I learned from my personal life to my professional, but also all of the things I've learned about raising kids and relationships and my professional life, I seem to apply in my personal life, and I think it makes my personal life better. Yes. Do you find that in what you're doing? A hundred percent. So a big personality flaw of mine was I was very insecure and I would take things really personally. Right. And I never really understood that the way other people behave is not our responsibility or a reflection of us, right? And right. something I really learned in dealing with an ex-spouse and in co-parenting with somebody that I'm now divorced from is that their feelings, their behaviors are not necessarily a reflection of me. Sometimes they're projections. Sometimes they are just, you know, not my fucking problem. I sell bracelets, NMFP, not my fucking problem. Like, <laughs> right. you know, nice. Just as a reminder. And right. I've learned how to not take things personally. When I was the most sensitive person before and taking everything personally and internalizing it as there must be something wrong with me if, you know, someone behaves in a certain way. Right. So I've been able to really apply that to all relationships in my life, friendships, family, you know, there's always going to be somebody in your family who either says something that upsets you or does something that's, you know, not cool. And right. you're going to be able to take a step back and say, okay, is this person deeply unhealed? Are they just projecting? And, and that's, that's what I've been able to apply to so much. Even in my work, I get, you know, I have sessions with clients where they're really heated and they're just so combative. And I'm like, okay, no, this isn't me. This is, they're very emotional about their process. And I right. think it's been one of the greatest tools I've been able to learn and apply everywhere in my life, because the second you're able to stop taking things personally, it's a whole different world. Right. Right. It's funny. I've, I've had that experience before myself, and I think it, you, you have to learn from it, become accustomed to it, and understand that that's part of the process, because I will have clients who come out of court and they'll be screaming at you at the top of their lungs and then call your office 15 minutes later and say, hey... I'm sorry, or, yeah. you know, and my response to them is always, how do I expect you to feel if your kids, 
your house, your money, your retirement, everything in your life is in flux, is in hanging in the balance. How would I feel? Right. That's why I always find it so funny when you go into court and the judge says, well, your client was upset. Your client yelled, hey, Mr. or Mrs. Judge, if you were in that situation, how would you feel? It sucks how they, you know, they'll use everybody's feelings against them. Like this is the most emotional process you'll go through in your life. And it's like, oh, you know, she was crying when she dropped off the kids. Well, she's having a really hard time separating from her six month old, you know, like she's still in that postpartum phase. I, I hate that part of it, but it's, it's just part of how it is and you have to roll through it. It is. And I think it makes professionals such as yourself that much more important. Because it's, it's like, so, so from my perspective, I'm translating the legal, right? But then therapists and coaches are going to help you translate the process mm-hmm. and translate the emotions. Mm-hmm. And maybe they're the bigger pieces at the end of the day. I think, I think it's the perfect trifecta. I think you can't do this without a lawyer and you shouldn't do it without a therapist or a coach, someone who can at least guide you, help you shift your perspective. Um, I had a session with somebody yesterday who was already divorced and now in a new relationship with somebody who lives in another country. And he's established in this other country, owns businesses. He's never been married, has no children, but refuses to move to the States. And she's here divorced with two kids and she is bound to this city. She cannot leave, you know, she can't go without outside of the county. And, and eventually their relationship ended because there was no there was no compromise there and she's like i can't believe i can't believe i can't believe you know i can't believe we broke up i can't believe he he didn't want to move here i can't believe he kept me in limbo for so long and i'm like but think about it you're no longer in limbo you're no longer fighting for somebody who right. doesn't want to fight for you and i and i i helped her look at this as a positive because honestly there's nothing worse than being in a relationship where you're trying to convince someone to love you more or yeah. be with you more and she right. was like wow had I not spoken to you, I would have cried the rest of the night, but that's such a great perspective shift. And that's that's really a, all of what a lot of us do is offer this sort of like devil's advocate or why you're actually better off when when you feel your life sucks. So, I, you know, I'm happy to be able to provide that. And right. I love doing it. You know, it's funny. I, I think um, what I find a lot of people in marriages and relationships feel like if you're married, you accept that you don't have X or you don't have Y or you don't have these feelings. In some ways, accepting mediocrity. That's why I find your transition from your first marriage to your second marriage. I think in some ways you, you notice the things that, hey, I can have all of these other things. I should have all of these other things. I deserve all of these other things. And now in your second marriage, you see you can have those things. Yeah. You know, I was of this belief. My friends and I used to say like, the relationship can be really hot and exciting, but he's going to be an asshole or right. it's, it can be safe and secure, but you're not going to have any of the excitement. And then like Goldilocks, you find one that's just right. And you're like, oh my God, right. all of these things I thought I knew about relationships my whole life is false. And it, but it starts with like really understanding yourself and your worth, um, not settling. And, right. and you know, I mean, second marriages are, or a whole different ballgame. Yes. Yes. And I think, and I think in many ways, it's about, it's as much about learning who you are and what you want out of life as anything else. I always say, you know, these women who are divorced and they'll go out and date again, you know, they'll, they'll be excited about a first date and I hope he likes me. I hope he likes me. And I'm like, no, 
Let's hope you like him. And that's, that's right. the difference. You know, we're all out there trying to be accepted. Let's see if this person is good enough to be in my life. Not, I hope he likes me. And that's that's a big thing to keep in mind too, as you're like an older, wiser, smarter woman who now has children to worry about it also. Yes, yes. And I, and I find that when people get, so, so, we've, so we've, you know, tackled the getting into the process, struggling through the process. But I think there's not enough advice or not enough perspective, especially from the lawyers, as, okay, so your divorce is done. Now what? Now what? Now what? Now what relationship-wise? Now what finances? Now what following your orders? Now what with your whole life? Yeah. And I think there's not enough advice out there on that. Well, my book will be very helpful for that. Um, I've written articles on that topic, and I talk about it uh, all the time on social media. But, you know, divorce, like getting divorced is just one small piece of this puzzle of your life. And then it's right. everything that comes thereafter. So in my book, we talk about um, when you start co-parenting, how to adjust to that, how to adjust to life as a single mom, how to get your mojo back, how to put yourself back out there, how oh to not God. feel like, you know, a guilty piece of shit when you find someone you really like again, and you're like, Oh, right. okay. You know, right. I, there's so much to it. But it all starts with understanding, as I like to say, the the glass isn't half full or half empty, it's refillable. And you have to like, take the power into your own hands to refill it after the divorce process is over. Oh, wow. I like that. That sounds great. Thanks. Um, so, so tell us a little bit more about the book. I mean, I think what, what can people expect to take away from the book? Cause, cause now hearing, a, hearing a little bit more about it, it's super, super exciting. I'm so thrilled that there's something like that out there. Thank you. You know, it really came out of a need for what I wish I would have had when I got divorced. When we get pregnant, we all run to Amazon and order what to expect when you're expecting. This right. is kind of the same idea, but for moms going through the divorce process, the literature I had found in my process was either like full of legal jargon that I couldn't understand or geared towards women who were a lot older than me. I was 33 at the time that I separated. And so this is really like for the mom who has to navigate parenting young children, children probably up, you know, through high school age, and also get their life back and also manage their emotions. So there's about 30 ish chapters. And it's really like everything like that you can expect from the first we how to handle the first weekend without your kids when you first start co parenting to how to handle um, high conflict ex spouse, how to handle your own feelings of guilt and shame. There's a lot in there. And I'm really excited. I think there's something in there for everybody, even if you're already out of the divorce stage and you're feeling stuck and you, you need like a little push to move on and enjoy your life again. Wow. Wow. So, so, um, so where can we find you? I want my listeners to know where they can find you because listen, I checked out your, your website. Your website is amazing. There's so many resources there. Thank so you. where can they find your podcast? Where can they buy the book? And if Everything, somebody decides they need a coach to work with, yeah. how do they, how do they, um, how do they work with you? Well, I'm on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey, but everywhere else I'm mom's moving on. The podcast is mom's moving on. It can be listened to on any podcasting platform. The book is mom's moving on real life advice for conquering divorce, co-parenting through conflict and becoming your best self. It's already available for pre-order on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and a few other places. Um, you can work with me by checking out my website, momsmovingon.com. There's options for coaching. There's options for my free membership community. Uh, there are resources and what else is there? My group workshops. 
yeah, I think that's it. Excellent. So, so I work with a lot of ladies going through the divorce process. You work with almost entirely ladies. Is All that women. Correct? Yeah. Okay. Excellent. So, um, on closing note, any, any, uh, advice, any quick tips, any motivational things you can give to my women listeners out there, because I know they need it going through the divorce process. It's a very difficult time. This too shall pass. What's now is not forever. And just because you're invited to step into the ring doesn't mean you have to box. Okay. Okay. So listen, thank you so much for, um, will you come back sometime? Talk if to you again. If you have me, absolutely. Oh, of course. Oh my God. I'm, I'm sure my listener has benefited so much from that advice. So certainly check out Moms Moving On. Check out that book. Wow. What a great piece of uh, uh, information for people to access. And uh, we'll look forward to having you back again on the podcast sometime soon. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to Divorce Stories, the podcast. Uh, We'll hope to see you again next time. Take care. Have a great day.